Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Mosaic Life podcast is brought to you by the Mosaic Life Circle, our brand new email list, which keeps you in the know about new episode releases, guest announcements, merchandise deals, and of course, contest announcements. Speaking of which, if you join the Mosaic Life Circle this month, that is by the end of May of 2020, you will be entered to win our very first Vibe Box. What you get in the Vibe Box are two life-changing books, both handpicked by Ernie and myself, a brand new journal, and a special gift. So be sure to head online to onemosaic.life and sign up before the end of May. On top of all that, you will also get exclusive access to our brand new Full Circle Instagram TV series, which we are launching this Tuesday at 3.15 p.m. So please be sure to tune in at One Mosaic Life. And don't forget to sign up for the Mosaic Life Circle at onemosaic.life. Welcome back or welcome to the Mosaic Life podcast, right? You could be coming back or you could be here for the first time. And I just want to take a second to thank you guys. You know, especially if you haven't been here before and you're taking a chance, let's say, on spending an hour with uh, a podcast that you have no idea about or you haven't, you know, um, haven't heard anything from up until this point, but something convinced you to, to listen today. And I want to thank you for taking that chance with us because I know no matter what walk of life you come from, where you're going in your life or what you plan to do. Uh, this, this episode, this interview in particular, can have a, a big impact. It can bring very practical insights and, and also just solid inspiration to be the best person you can be. So today's interview, guys, it's Timothy Winger, and he is a writer, he's a photographer, he's a business consultant, and uh, a self-proclaimed lover of life. The dude is solid. The first time I met him, uh, we, we met over Facebook. We connected because he's a men's coach. He was men's coaching at the time, and I, and I believe he still is doing that. Um, but we were connecting over masculinity, the ideas of what it means to be a man and, and the concepts that really tangle up in all of that. And the first time I talked to him, you know how you get like a, a sense of somebody before you really even know them? Well, we, we got on the phone and, and you could just feel this sense of authority from him, this masculinity, this strong presence, but not like authority, uh, like a corporate management authority, but the type of authority where there's, this is a person who, who knows what they care about. This is a person who cares about knowing who cares about how, getting it right, who cares about understanding, who's curious and, and has an opinion and, and he's willing to share it in the, the best way possible and, and then dive into it. And that's what we did. We talked a couple times and, and they were great conversations. And finally we were like, when, well, when we started this podcast, I finally thought, holy crap, I haven't got Timothy on this. I've, it's been quite a while since we've talked and, it, and it's time. Uh, if, if you haven't heard of him, uh, you can check out his website, themaneffect.com. I'll explain more about what that is in the podcast, but check it out. Man, this is this is a great episode. We dive deep. We talk about men. We talk about women. We talk about life. We talk about business. And we talk about uh, a very challenging experience uh, that he had this year, this past year, a traumatic accident um, that required him 
to be bedridden that required him to go through months of physical therapy and rehabilitation uh, to just to get back to the basic functions of, of being a human being and, and, and the challenges that come along with that and what it took to overcome that and what it took to, uh, to integrate that into his life. An incredible dude, an incredible conversation. I hope you guys take the time to listen to the whole thing and I hope you find those insights that you're looking for. So without further ado, welcome back. Thank you. And here is our episode, our interview with Timothy Wenger. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Life is an art, every moment a picture painted in time. The color, texture, lighting, all context. The Mosaic Life vision is to cast a warm glow on your masterpiece, highlighting the struggle while showcasing the culmination of years of hard work. Join us for guided meditations, interviews with authors and leaders, and engaging conversation as we explore the depths of our consciousness. All right, diving in. Welcome to another episode of the Mosaic Life Podcast. Um, We're excited again to bring you another interview. Uh, our voices are waking up because this morning we are um, recording, you know, hours before we typically record so that we can be on here with Timothy Wenger and uh, Trey. Are you here with us? I am here. It's a little bit different for me, but I like it. It's a, it's a change of uh, change of setting, change of environment. Yeah. It's funny that I ask if you're with us because really I was talking to you before we started <laughs> officially recording. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's good to be here this morning. I, I, I sometimes appreciate the morning uh, because I haven't quite caught a bunch of energy from the world. And so I'm I feel a little more peaceful. So I actually am excited about doing this now. Um, Timothy, welcome to the podcast, man. We're really happy to have you. How are you this morning? Well, this afternoon for you. You can even tell us where you're calling in from. I'm doing good, man. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys having me. And yeah, I'm, I'm tuned in from uh, Belgrade, Serbia. So, little yeah. Little yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what are you doing out there, man? What brought you, took you out there? Uh, what took me out there? Well, as a result of pursuing my passions, my project led me to meeting um, a Serbian woman through a random Facebook group. And so I, I moved out here to be with her. Dude. So, that's yeah. awesome. How long have you been out there now? Oh, probably in a cumulative of maybe 14 or 15 months. So over the last two years. Man. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah man. Well, I'm, I'm excited to actually talk about your passion and what you've been working on. Uh, so Timothy and I met probably two or three years ago um, through Facebook we, I was at the, the front end of building my coaching business. So I was at the point where I'm like soaking in information and, and meeting new people. And, and, uh, so we got on the phone and, and had a conversation that really evolved around men, masculinity, and, and, and the beliefs that, you know, society have about the path of men and, and then weighed them against what felt right for us. And we had a really good conversation about that. And since then we've kept, you know, in each other's lives frequently just catching up. And, and so the idea of bringing you here was to include Trey into this conversation and, and really build a, a deeper conversation around what you're doing to support that um, purpose of, uh, of men coming into the world and being, you know, who they're allowed to be uh, and how they want to be in the world. So 
So I'm definitely excited to dive in there. Um, do you want to just maybe talk a little bit about what brought you to this point? And then, you know, we can we can go from there. What you're doing and what brought you to this point? Yeah, so I mean, currently, I'm, I have a consulting business for small electrical contractors across the states, but that got completely uh, killed from the pandemic pretty much. So that's cool. Um, and been doing some other work on my own. Um, but my, my project, The Man Effect, uh, I started that back in um, 2014 and just out of a pursuit of wanting to create content to answer questions that I didn't feel like were being answered um, and to pursue becoming a better photographer. <laughs> that was an another reason. Um, but that journey led me to quitting a really good job and pursuing my dreams of being my own uh, business owner and being geographically independent so I could travel. And uh, here I am being geographically independent, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to jump in and, you know, this is something I meant to mention before diving into the interview portion. Uh, the Man Effect, it, it, this is a, an awesome website. If, if you're listening to this and it will be linked in the show notes, go check this out. What, what Timothy's working on and has been working on is, is this, this website where he as a photographer goes out and asks people, uh, men and women, to describe, and, and correct me if I'm missing anything here, but to describe in one word what being a man is, yeah. or a word that describes being a man. And then he takes a picture of them. So he has this compilation of stories of men and women and, and ways that they um, see masculinity and see manhood in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a free website too. It is cool because it like it, I, I think passions are a beautiful thing because they start as seeds. And if you're like willing to let them grow, they take you in different ways. And so it started out as just me burning through my family and friends, asking them questions and taking their portraits. And then it led to being on the streets and then traveling and interviewing people in other places. Um, and then, you know, it also grew into a blog and doing video interviews and a Facebook page. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting, like how things grow when you just like, uh, continue that journey. So, so on that journey, you know, some of the questions, uh, what answers were you in pursuit of? What, what questions were you trying to have resolutions to? What really drove you into this project? Yeah, so, so questions are a power move, really, when you approach them efficiently. Um, and so my project, uh, the question of if, if you were to describe what it means to be a man in one word, um, what would it be and why? Like if you were to answer that, what I'm actually doing is highlighting how much um, assumption we live under culturally. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm doing that through making you think about that topic and whittling it down to one word. And then that's an impossible task. And why did I choose that one word when there's a million words? And it's like, it's making you process all that. And so I just stumbled onto that, that aspect. But at the same time for myself, when I developed that, I was really looking for strong uh, 
um, guidance in the emotional and mental aspect of being a man. And there just wasn't anything out there. And so uh, my journey of questions became externalized. And through those conversations, um, having hundreds of conversations with people um, and interviewing them led me to um, a place of just realizing how much we live in a place of assumption. And um, when you actually pressure, push on that pressure point, it's, it can be very interesting. Uh, so that's, that's kind of part of the journey, I would say. Uh, I'm not sure if that answers your question. Fully, yeah, but. It, it does. I mean, it, it's very, it's very insightful. And I guess the first question, the first follow-up question that comes to my mind is you're, you're traveling abroad, you're in Serbia now, and there may be language barriers, but of course, imagery transcends those barriers. And I'm, I'm just curious what effect that has, you know, for instance, if you're taking photographs of, of people in Syria, but you're sharing them with your family back home, how are you shaping those images so that the barrier becomes a non-issue? Or I yeah. guess how much of an effect does the image have over the word in which people are using to describe what it means to be a man? Yeah. So part of, part of why I wanted to pursue being an entrepreneur was so that I could uh, fund myself to travel and do interviews in a lot of different cultures. Um, but what I think is really important in my interview process, I get people's age, um, their profession, and um, like kind of where they're from. Because what's interesting is when people see an image, um, we instantly project our judgments upon them. And then when you read who, just a basic data of who they are, it disrupts that. And then if you get someone who's actually really engaging in the answer, um, that's that's also counterintuitive because you're like, oh, this is just a guy. Like, why would he give a good answer? Like one of my favorite uh, interviews was a, a barista from like the most hipster place in downtown Kansas City. And he gave just this beautiful like interview with interaction with me. And it's like one of my favorite ones and it totally caught me off guard because I just went into a coffee shop and asked the random guy behind the counter. I was like, Hey, can I interview you for this project? He's like, yeah, come back though. In like an hour, I want time to think about this, you know? Um, so it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm going down a tangent, but I know yeah, you're not. You're this is incredible, to. dude. Yeah. Bring it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, um, I think the imagery is good. Also, what I it's painful for me, honestly, to go back and look at my original first rounds of portraits because they're just not that good in my opinion. But sticking to it, my photography got better. Like I'm learning about positioning and focal depth, and uh, it's it's. I really don't want to include, you know, uh, makeup and all that stuff. I've really tried to just portray people how I interacted with them and how I see them. Um, and so, like, I would say two or three years ago, I actually met with this professional photographer named um, Dan White, incredible, incredible photographer. And he told me, he's like, I think you're hiding behind your sign um, of the people holding up the word. And so I started doing interviews without the sign in the portrait. And that was a, a, another level of demand of me as a photographer, um, because it's easy to hide behind that, that text I'm like that, cause that's the focus of it. But now I want the focus to be the human's face and this, this being who, you know, exists and thinks differently than you do. So. 
Yeah. That's incredible, man. I, you know, hearing you talk about this, well, first of all, just being on the website, I, I get, um, I get this creative attachment to it because of the beauty of just the aesthetics of all of these pictures and this mosaic type form. Uh, and, and everyone's holding the sign and it has a word. And when you understand the concept of these pictures, it's like, oh, this is really, really cool. And it's beautiful. But I'm getting like an emotional attachment to the project as a man, as I hear you talk about, you know, the, the reason for asking this question and what it does for people and, and the, yeah. in the way that the picture allows a person coming in to make a judgment. But then you have the interview and, and it, you know, kind of the, it blows the viewer out of their their own frame of mind that they that they typically might um, be unconscious of. There's there's so much power to it. So it's giving me this like emotional attachment yeah. to the project. It's really cool, man. It's very different too, you know, because it's like when the homeless man on on the side of the road sitting next to the trash can gives like a really insightful answer, but the dude who's like really dressed up and just is like super shallow, it it it, it tweaks with your your perception of humanity. I just yeah. I appreciate that. Because, yeah. yeah. So I I'm curious. So what may I tell? tell I want to hear more about the the guy from Kansas City. You said that was the most influential interview you've done what uh what what did he get what answers did he give well i mean influential i i think on in an articulate way like he was very articulate in what he was saying um to do it justice i would have to pull it up but an, an overview of it is essentially he chose the word builder and he was just talking about how his grandpa uh built was like part of the Seattle needle construction. He built a cabin for the family and he built a family um, and like he was impactful in his community. And he just listed all these things that he observed his, his grandfather build throughout life and in a positive way. And he just, uh, he painted it so beautifully. It just, it was a really nice perspective. And it was definitely not a word I would have thought like I just I thought most people would stick to you know integrity strength or um I don't know um warrior or something but getting builder was fascinating so yeah that. and I imagine hearing behind his hearing his reasoning like he just it's such a generic word but but the reasoning behind it really adds the depth to it no one would say oh builder is such a deep word like but then he yeah. had the story that articulated integrity, strength, warrior, compassion, yeah. or all these other aspects of being a man, but into this one common word. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah. And what was interesting too is so like my initial interviews were just like, hey, what, what's a word you chose? And I didn't really ask them why. And so like my interview process changed too over the years um, and it grew and it developed. And so I started asking follow-up questions like who is the most masculine person you know and why are they, why are they that? And I chose those words specifically because some people didn't have men in their lives. Um, and so like, it could be it, in some scenarios, it was their mom or, you know, their aunt or like whatever. And anyway, I would say maybe 50 to 70% of the time, the most masculine person they knew was the representation of the word they chose uh, in their life. And I found that really fascinating as well. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes sense when, when we grow up, um, we're very like, focused on whatever is that attractive quality in our, in a role model. And so yeah, for our whole mind to be around it, even as an adult, um, 
that's I mean, I guess that's a whole whole different conversation about <laughs> where our focus as children have like has led us to as yeah. adults. Um, you know, something that I keep wanting to ask about, you mentioned earlier um, the the mental aspect of being a man. And, and I thought, man, that's a very powerful short piece of what you're talking about that we could even unpack yeah. deeper. I wonder what you mean by that. Um, are you guys familiar with the word framing, like how you frame yourself? Uh, maybe you could elaborate. Okay. Um, when you walk into a room, um, the frame you carry isn't just like, um, I'm not talking about like a, a wooden frame. I'm talking about like how you, you posture yourself, sure. how you interact with other people, um, how you believe you represent yourself in those moments, how you are passionate or dispassionate about things and your opinion needs to be heard if it needs to be heard and you're okay with being quiet. It's, it's kind of a portrayal of confidence, but it comes from that mental state of being confident. Um, so frame is, um, I'm going to kind of slaughter, it's not my niche, but essentially it helps when interacting with women, if you're trying to get their phone number, but it also helps in sales. If you're trying to be a professional, um, depending on how you carry yourself, um, is, is, it's a huge deal. And that's just one part of the mental aspect of like, how do, how do I internally believe that I'm a man and how do I portray that belief, self-belief, um, in, in society, I guess, you know, and so like a classic example I use, I went up to, I was at a business meeting and uh, uh, there was a beautiful woman that was in the coffee shop that we were meeting at. And so I just like went over, started talking to her, had no agenda, but just like held, held a good frame, like an externalization of who I am and um, got her number. We went out the next day and I was just like, Hey, like, did you notice like that you felt completely comfortable around me? You didn't feel all these things just like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and I, I was just testing that, like nothing came of that date after that one, but it was just like, I was testing to see how much that influenced my interactions and opportunities. And so it was a cool tangible, tangible way for me to uh, measure that. So. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. I was uh, just thinking on the drive here, the, another word that I feel like is synonymous with what you're saying is embodiment. So having, sure. having a certain, um, reception that you, that you would, uh, no, no, emitting a certain frequency, uh, into the world. And then having this awareness around you that uh, allows you to see yourself from outside and then also depict it from the inside and then just fully embody, um, love, confidence, clarity or whatever that thing might yeah. be. Yeah. It makes me think about a lot of Navy SEALs become, um, authors or speakers or motivational people but when you inter interact or listen to them like they exude like a mental uh, fortitude that they've sorted through in their own brain because they've gone through a lot of high pressure situations and training and they've had to just deal with that internal insecurity and just it like just deal with it not that it's not gone but it's like how they how they present themselves is entirely different than i don't know Absolutely. Someone from an art school, I guess. Yeah, it's it's funny yeah. you mentioned that. I I literally just started reading uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. He's one of the most inspir inspirational ex Navy SEALs I've ever come across. Uh -huh. um, I, I, I that that guy is truly amazing. Uh, 
And actually, along those lines, Timothy, I, w- I do want to ask you, because I feel like I'd be remiss if I don't, what does it mean to you to be a man? Yeah. Um, so my journey with this project started with me asking myself that question and taking a self-portrait. I was the first person I interviewed. Um, and my answer was authentic. And I have been amazed over the years how that has been uh, represented throughout my life. Um, and I still stick to that. Like for me, being a man is um, yeah, being authentic with myself um, and with my passions and just it's, it's a very parallel to being secure in my identity and just doing, doing what Tim does. Um, Cause I make counterintuitive decisions sometimes like buying a one-way ticket to another country to meet someone I'd never met in person and just live there. You know, like it's just, it can be uh, uncomfortable for other people. The decisions I make. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, you're you're living up to your brand. That that is that not the most authentic self that you can portray is following your passions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I that's inspiring. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I stick to at this point. Um, obviously, it's hard to whittle down such a vast topic, but yeah, authentic, authenticity seems to be my like thing. And a lot of times, people don't like authenticity. They don't want to hear your thoughts or your truth in a moment. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I I associate. It's it's funny how one word brought up can I I begin to start to associate other things with it. And and when I think of authenticity, I do think of things like courage or or warrior even because a lot of people don't like to do it. It's it's very challenging, especially if we're if we well, this is just one of many ways, and maybe I'm projecting my own stuff. But like if you're ever in your life. Um, as a kid, you were, which we, most of us are sub- subjected or maybe for good reason, um, you know, have, have a lot of authority figures in our lives and just the way that they push that authority forward might feel like it's, it's frightening or, um, uh, it might've been frightening, you know? And, and so like yeah. growing into adulthood when, when we're now like out figuring out our own stuff and, and becoming who we are, uh, we, we project that into the world that we can't speak up because X, Y, Z would happen or, or at least yeah. our body's having that response. So there's a lot of courage and authenticity. So it's, it's just interesting to me, as you say that the other words that kind of dive in to the picture and, and take their place and what it means to be authentic yeah. or anything else builder. Right. I, yeah. I, I wonder what, what are some, for you, and, and I'm sure we could have this conversation in 50 years and we might have an entirely different conversation, but, yeah. but for you today, <laughs> as you pursue this idea, and you're writing a book now too, so this this is really interesting to me. What are some of the the words or concepts that we grow up into the world with as men that we attach to that are maybe misconceptions or um, could be reframed a bit better? Do you, do you notice pieces like that that a lot of men might carry with them? Yeah. So, um, in, in my book, I try to touch on this. Uh, there are a lot of self, how would I put it? Intentionally, we seem, there seems to be a subscription to that being a man means, uh, being this, um, embodiment of a warrior in whatever culture you're in. And that's, that's fine. Like I get that. 
Like it's good to be in physical shape. It's good to fight and protect. Um, but there's lots of men that don't fulfill that just physique period. And so they, they feel displaced. Um, and uh, with that pairs along with, you can only be angry. So emotional intelligence doesn't seem to come in. Um, you can be a businessman, but you got to kind of be an asshole to be that. And, uh, you know, so there's just like, generally there's in our minds, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is kind of like, he's uh, an extreme, but like maybe half the size of him and, and in his phys physical shape, like that's what people kind of generally think of and try to become um, as men. And um, what I try to push for in that type of conversation is that the men that are most respected throughout history and have impacted humanity in a positive way the most, um, I would say are men who are aligned with and know their identity and are passionate about it. Mm. So like, for example, I think a great uh, representation of someone who's uh, an incredible man would be like Albert Einstein, right? This guy who's just out there, but he's doing his thing and he impacted the world. And you can debate whether it was a good or bad thing on some, some aspects of human life, but like this guy just like he did it, or you could use Gandhi, like Gandhi, represented a different type of masculine presence than I think uh, people generally attribute to masculinity. So, but there's these guys who align with their identity and live by it. And I think that is, I think that's the most um, desirable goal that I would love to instill in people at this point. Mm. It's like, don't worry about what it means to be a man. Like, what is your identity and who is that and how do you live that? So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of identity, I identify as a father and I, my children are getting louder upstairs. So we might hear that in the uh, amongst <laughs> the, the conversation. Um, what I really loved about what you said is, is this or what I felt in what you said was that warrior strength. These are all really valiant qualities of a man when paired with compassion, love, emotional intelligence and, yeah. and these other softer qualities that, that it it can be that might create the most authentic and most powerful man, or at least that's what I'm taking away from it. Yeah. I think it's an aspect and some people, uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, it happens that some aspects of the muscles of our identity or who we are on the surface might be uh, more heavily towards one thing or another. It's just for some reason, um, that very warrior type role is the most, um, highlighted in our culture. So speaking of cultures and even across industries, across continents or what, what have you, do you see trends for the different types of answers that people give? I mean, I don't, for whatever reason, the first thing that comes to my mind is say you've interviewed 10 lawyers. Do you see lawyers saying ambitious as the word that they use to identify themselves. What, what, what sort of trends do you see across these various scopes? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, that was part of my reasoning for getting people's profession and stuff. I wanted to cross-reference the data later on. Um, at this point, the only data I, I really have is what words have been used the most. Um, and so like, the top 
five words that were used um, were integrity, respect, honor, love, uh, true. Yeah, those were the top top five. Yeah, true. Um, and that's from. Uh, let me check the exact amount of interviews I have documented. I think it's um, like a hundred, two hundred and. Um, 40 something. That's incredible. 252. Yeah. That's incredible. That are documented. But my observation of, of the, the submissions of words people used were essentially being a man is creating um, respect within your immediate and ex external um, community. And like, and what I mean by that is if you're a loving, strong, caring man, people will respect and honor you um, for that. And so like most of the attributes that people listed, I feel like um, further that, that it presents you as a respectable man, either to your family or to your immediate community or your online community, um, you're a man of, you fulfill all those things that kind of fit under that banner, so. Right. Now, do you ever get answers from people who don't have, uh, I, I use this very generalized, don't have respect for men? Do you, do you get negative yeah. answers as opposed, to, as opposed to positive answers? Yeah, I only have two, you could say negative, two or three, I think. Uh, the two that I'm, I'm thinking of right now, they just use the word selfish. Okay. Um, and they did have negative encounters with men, which is fine. I, I I thought I would have more negative words, honestly. Yeah, certainly. Um, but I only had one old lady yell at me, be like, oh, men are chauvinists. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. Like, can you, will you let me take the interview? And she's like, no, get away from me. And I'm like, come on. Like, I actually wanted some like more stronger opinions. And I, right. it was hard. She, she wouldn't let me land her, but. That's because you're a man, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking is like this, a person would, would experience you as selfish and you, you just want an interview to what, you know, but, but she, I mean, everyone's entitled to their experience and I'm sure she has valid reasons to assume that all men are selfish or maybe she just had a bad day, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. Trey, I'm wondering for you in particular now, what are some, and I don't know how many conversations we've had about this, but um, what are some qualities that you were seeking to embody or frame, you know, in your life, in, as you moved into adulthood, that you eventually started to change or shed for yourself, as you started to grow and see the world differently. And, and what, maybe what qualities you started putting in its place? Ooh, that's a complicated question. And I think you know that as you as you ask it, um, I mean, <laughs> going into adulthood, that's, you know, you if it, technically speaking, that's in your 20s. And my my 20s, I, I, I think I um, oh, what's the right word? I did not take to its fullest extent. And so I, I spent a lot of time in my 20s doing everything that I could to enjoy life. I wanted to, I've always had an underlying idea that I'm this ambitious person who's going to go forth and take over the world through either writing or entrepreneurship. And that was just always on the back burner for me. And so I put my self, my short-term self-gratification above all else in, in my quote, unquote, quote, unquote, adulthood. 
now going into my 30s, that completely changed. I, I had a new mindset where I guess integrity would be the word that I would choose, where I started t- to take accountability for who I was and what my actions of both my past and present were. Um, and so that is the foundation for which you know, I've started to build a business and started to build friendships and relationships. So that certainly changes not only decade to decade, but year to year. And if we really dive down to uh, a macro level, it could even be day to day. Ernie, does that yeah. answer your question? Yeah, absolutely, man. It sounds like um, <clears throat> there's a lot of focus change, like focus from self to to outward, and 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 what you're doing for the world, and and then being in integrity with with what you say you want to do for the world. Totally answers the question. Uh, what about you, Timothy? What are some of those aspects that you thought were important that maybe shifted or or changed over your you know growth into adulthood? And are still changing, maybe. Self ownership was just something that's continually growing. Like, on what levels can I take more ownership? Um, that's something that's definitely evolved and impacted the decisions I make. I'm trying to reflect back on the early twenties, I think I just take life more seriously now too. <laughs> In my early twenties, I was just having fun. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in what ways do you? take life more seriously is it along the same lines of Trey saying oh these are the things I've been wanting to do and I'm and I'm just aligning more to those yeah 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 I think yeah I think it's like along the lines of oh like how do I get motivated and how do I connect to that part of myself and like how do I actually tick not how do all these people that I'm reading their books tick like what actually works for me you know and um I would say in my early 20s, I was just following people and their advice. And now I'm just doing me. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And so there's just, there's a very big difference there um, in thought processes and decision making. Um, So I I could definitely feel that evolution when I reflect back to like 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. I love that, man. Like, the, I, and I feel that's happening for me right now, but I'm going from this point of, of where I've been seeking the, the confidence from other people. I've been seeking the path from other people. And then you yeah. know, this past, the past few weeks actually in particular have been a big transformational period for me where I'm like, no, man, start making some decisions yourself. Like, what do you really want? What does it look like? discern in this moment whether or not you want to go that way or this way and don't you don't need to ask somebody else to validate your confidence and your direction just just make a choice and go for it and own up to the failure if it's a failure learn from it and move on don't get caught in it but this idea of of needing somebody else to like kind of pull you forward or lead you or make you confident about your choices versus I'm choosing and I'm confident that whether I fail or succeed that I'll choose again and do the same thing yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, man, maybe five to seven years ago, I was part of a men's group, I guess. It was like a weekend group therapy thing. It was super fun. But uh, I kind of came up with this thing, a cadence. Do you know, you guys ever listened to Tony Robbins? He always talks yeah. about like using rhythms and stuff to help bring you back. Anyway, uh, 
there's this thing I, I, I had my friends and myself do where, um, like you make a fist and you, you beat right above your heart on like a, I don't know, just a slow rhythm. And you, you, you chant like, I am a man and this is how I choose to live. And you just say mm. that over and over. And like, I would do that when I was having difficult times of like, like, oh, this is a really hard decision. But like me declaring like, this is what I'm choosing. It really helped. Yes, so, it does. I, I can tell yeah. you're, you're kind of like, ah, should I say this on this podcast? Well, people think it's ridiculous, but I will, yep. I'll be the first to say that I will run into the yard and stomp my feet into the earth and throw my arms back and yell just to get out of that place of fear and, and anxiety and, and sadness or yep. whatever, if I have to. So, so a practice like that, like beating on your chest or even, you know, real slow and and rhythmically um i saw it in wolf of wall street something very similar i, yeah. I never knew yep. if that was if Dude. that was true from the story of jordan belfort or not but i was like yeah that's like just really was, getting yourself in the state i was just thinking about that yeah. matthew mcconaughey would do that prior to the start of a scene and the director liked it so much that they kept it they actually put it in the film because of that uh he would do that exact same sure. thing nice yeah and so whatever whatever you have to do to to get yourself to that place of embodied confidence dude and, and i think i think that's the, the well i won't get into the <laughs> what i think but yeah yeah i appreciate you sharing that yeah it's it's a little off the traditional path i guess but having two or three guys doing that with you there's some sort of resonating power uh, that's very encouraging yeah so Hey, Timothy, have um, have you had an opportunity in the last two months to interview many people or have you been hunkering down with the rest of us? Yeah, so I've been hunkering down. I haven't done interviews in a year and a half, I think it's been. Um, last year, I pretty much got derailed because I, I was riding a skateboard, a longboard to go get groceries and I crashed and yeah, yeah. fractured my skull. Uh, and so that took me out pretty much most of 2019. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm hoping to, uh, get back on the horse. Yeah. Well, uh, I, well one, that's scary. I'm glad you're okay. Have you, have you fully recovered? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Yeah. Good, good. Um, yeah, no, I was curious how people's answers have changed or would have changed um, in the past two month where, months where people who or men who generally identify with their work are unable to, to work. You know, how mm. does their outlook on who they are, who they've become change when something they've so closely identified with for the better part of their adult life is taken away from them? Yeah. I don't know if, you know, yeah, your yeah. experience over the past few years can help lend any wisdom to that? I, I, I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. When you're talking about that, I, I don't see it as a uh, principle or a belief that's easily moved. It makes me think about, um, the, you know, the saying, it's, it's hard to churn a, a big ship, you know? Um, and so, like, altering people's beliefs on what they who they are as a man or whatever, take something quite traumatic or really strong. But on a society level too, I haven't honestly seen a lot of shift outside of politically and on social media, people aren't as focused on 
toxic masculinity as they were in the previous years because we're in the midst of a pandemic. Um, but I haven't seen a real shift in people's answers or interactions uh, on the topic, okay. which I I haven't thought about. And reflecting on that is actually interesting. So, when, yeah. When you when you just I want to hear your what do you think of toxic toxic masculinity? What does that mean to you? Being so close to working with all these people, what what does that look like? Yeah, toxic masculinity. It's a sensitive topic because it's kind of like a uh, clickbait kind of word. But um, acknowledging toxic masculinity would mean you have to acknowledge healthy masculinity. And then you'd have to agree upon a spectrum of qualities that those fulfill. Mm. And most of those qualities, they just attribute to all human beings and aren't specific to um, one sex or gender. And so... Uh, I struggle with like defining what toxic masculinity is because it's essentially just human beings not being good human beings. Um, and all the attributes that I could find people to identify outside of a specific type of sexual abuse um, would apply to women or people who don't identify as men, I guess. Um, so that, that's, that's my struggle with a lot of writing about masculinity and about what is healthy masculinity and what is toxic. It's just like, are, are you a horrible human being or are you a good human being? Sure. Like, that's kind of, I, I'm not sure if that's, um, yeah, that, that just, that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm curious if you've considered weighing the counterbalance by interviewing people on what their definition of femininity is, kind of as the counter to that or if you know somebody who has done that and if you've learned anything from that or if that's just not something that you've really considered in the past yeah so i've had a lot of people ask me to do that and or like why don't you have a project doing this but just for women and i'm like well i'm a man and this is just what interests me so if you look at it like i uh make jeans i make jeans for men and if women want to wear it or use it for something, that's great. But that's just my target audience. Absolutely. And I haven't met anyone who's doing something similar for women. Um, but I wish they were. Or having just like a very neutral discussion around the topic. I wish I wish there was that. So, yeah. Yeah, this, this is shaping up to be um, a really awesome conversation. I just love the different facets that, you know, we're going down. And... Uh, I'm, I keep finding interest in, in, uh, in, in your accident. Uh, we talked a, a bit about that, you know, via messenger, we spent a couple of days going back and forth about some of your experience and I got to read your blog post, um, about, um, overcoming it. And, you know, what feels contextual to this conversation is, is this, I, I'm wondering if when you woke up uh, or did, I imagine you passed out when, when you fell off your skateboard and maybe you woke up in like a hospital or something or in an ambulance. Yeah. There's like very few memories from three to four days. Yeah. And so you, and then you, and then you come to and you're coherent and now you, your, 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 um, your ego, let's say, you know, comes back into full force. Did you feel, um, any, did you feel the shadow, some shadows of your masculinity coming up when you were in a place where you had to be almost fully taking what I imagine fully taken care of? 
Yeah. It was awful. Mm. Um, uh, uh, contextually, like, I hit the back of my head right above my right ear. Um, and so, depending on, like, where you hit your head and how hard you hit will influence different aspects. And every head injury is different. Uh, and the side effects. But for myself, I, I later came to find out months down the road, like, it had uh, dislodged like my emotional regulation. And so I was essentially just an asshole to everyone around me. Uh, when I came to, um, I was angry that I had been injured. Um, you know, my mom like flew down, got phoned out to take care of me. And I just didn't want anything to do with her. Um, so the first week or two, I wasn't honestly that coherent and I've gone back and apologized to people for things I may or may not have done because I just don't remember. Um, so there's, there's that aspect, but being taken care of is one of the most humbling things for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, being that I'm an independent guy who likes to travel and do things um, on my own, it was very, very humbling to meet like my best, one of my best friends, Scott, came and just like took me out to get fruit smoothies every day and like made sure I had somewhere to sleep and all sorts of stuff. It was crazy. Wow. Man, so. I can I, I'm I feel um, really grounded in your experience because there's a lot there's a lot of sadness that comes up for me as I imagine being in this place and 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 then and then looking back, you know, so first of all, I appreciate you sharing it. And, and at any point we can reroute the conversation. Um, oh, yeah. But something that's you know, important to me is, is rebuilding, um, you know, to revisit, revisit the builder, uh, terminology, but rebuilding when I've made a mistake. And for me, I, I don't necessarily, um, never necessarily had an accident to where, um, I unconsciously became an asshole, but, but I do sometimes unconsciously become an asshole. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I do and say things that, I regret and that maybe hurt people and that weren't true. And, and so I wonder, you know, for you, what process you you've gone through to, to rebuild positively and, 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 and what you, what overarching concepts that you could glean for people who, you know, they're doing their best and they're constantly building. And sometimes they make decisions and, and hurt people and ruin, not ruin their relationships, but maybe, you know, put pressure on the relationship in, a, in an unconscious fashion. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, having a crazy injury, even though no one really understands them or can relate to them, it's a great avenue for like, hey, I'm really sorry. I just didn't know what was going on. And I don't remember this. And if I hurt your feelings or said negative things, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like that's a really weird statement to have to tell people, but um, yeah, in 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 the article online, I really dive into um, what's considered like an overview of shadow work, and so dealing with our dark sides, and laying in a bed, being incapable of taking care of my business or myself or anything really, um, all like my depression my anxiety, my stress, my anger, um, so many things were 
not just existing, they were magnified and they had to be faced. Otherwise I would just be crippled. Mm. Um, and so what I learned over last year was the sooner I face my issues, the sooner I find relief. Um, and like, yeah, contextually as well, three weeks before my accident, I had broken up with my girlfriend and I'd gone back to the States to work because my business hadn't um, stabilized yet financially. So I was going to do some work. And so I was struggling financially. My business was struggling. Uh, I had just gone through a breakup and then I smashed my head and I couldn't do, take care of anything. And the one woman I wanted there, the one person I need, wanted to be there, couldn't be there because I just broken up with her. And like, it was just, it was not a, not a fun, fun state to be in. Pioneer yeah. So. yeah. I imagine there's a, a new level of, and I'm relating this to my own experience. So, you know, whatever's true for you, but it, I imagine there's this level of a new level of self love and self worth and, and self esteem that's built from a place where you don't have places to go find self-worth and self-esteem. So you didn't, you couldn't necessarily just call this woman up. I mean, you could have, but it, it, you couldn't call this woman. You couldn't go build a business. You couldn't go build a shelf to feel accomplished in some way. And so there's, there's a lot of shadow work. And then also maybe developing a, a new sense of self-worth that isn't derived from um, excelling and, and, or, or, you know, externally, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And also learning how much people truly care and love about me too. Wow. Like, there's nothing more um, exposing of who's truly your friend than you going through hard, hard time. Wow. And like, who's actually there for you through that. Right. Like that, that changes everything. Um, I would say though, like my, my perception and something I, a couple things I clung to were like the hero's journey, you know, um, going through the cycle of, of a, a story there's always parts of darkness and then they slay the dragon and they return home and sure. so that was really encouraging but also like as an electrician uh, one of my worst failures in my electrical career uh, was the very thing that empowered me the most to overcome all my other obstacles throughout mm. my time as an electrician um, and so what i've clung to and hold to is that uh, that darkest year will be something that will empower me and help give me the strength to uh, face difficult times. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Timothy, uh, Ernie mentioned you're working on a book, correct? Yeah. That's great. Yep. So what's kind of, what's the, uh, is it focused around your work, uh, about, about what it takes to be a man or is it, what, what's, what's your focus? Yeah. So a, um, publishing company essentially, reached out to me and wanted me to write a book for teenagers on how, what it means to be a man. And so it's kind of just a very, um, quick overview of a lot of arenas of life. Um, even though I would prefer to jump in more in depth into like one specific topic, uh, this is, this will be a good general touch on everything from, you know, how to change a tire, um, to defining your values. That's so, um, I never had anything like that when I was that age. So I'm hoping that it brings value 
to teenagers, but it's definitely not like a something that I would be like, man, you really got to read this right. if you want to figure out what it needs to be. Man. It's more of just like these are really practical things that like a kid who doesn't have a dad Absolutely. would like to know. Absolutely. Nice. So are you are oh, you currently wow. engaging with uh, with younger men right now? People who don't have that direction? Are you do you do speaking events? Anything that helps uh, the younger generation move forward? Not at this time. I'm hoping that once I get this book published and out there, that uh, opportunities like that may be open. Because um, I do genuinely care uh, specifically for guys. Young, young men who don't have father figures in their life right and like navigating um and also young men who just have father figures who don't exist or you know whatever but i i do care about that because it's just a any man i've met up until even in their 40s crave to have an older male figure in their life speaking into them yeah. and so it's like the lack of that just saddens me Man, I would love yeah. to, once you come out with this book, I would love to see a follow-up to that where you're addressing men, men who are our age, who have not had that structure in their lives and still don't know how to operate as adults because of that lack of father figure in the past. Uh, I, I think men of all generations and all ages would truly benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's this longing in us to be fathered and to be mentored and to be cared for. Um, and that deficiency can cause a lot of pain. And so that would be interesting to address and to like encourage solutions. Yeah. And there are, there are a lot of countless programs that would, you could Google, you know, and, and, and get all these results uh, and, and I have some in my mind that I would trust to send people to. Uh, but I wonder if you could, you know, you mentioned going on a retreat in the past and maybe you are resourcing other programs or men's work at this point that if somebody's listening to this and like, yeah, that would be really nice, but I don't have any idea what to do, directions they might take. Yeah. I think on a, on a very foundational level, finding a therapist is just nice. a really great place to start. And yeah. Be picky about your therapist too. Like, don't just like hitch up to the first thing that shows. Like, find someone that uh, you you align with. I think that's a huge place to start. Uh, there are quite a few men's retreats out there. Uh, I haven't personally been on some of them. I wanted to on more. <laughs> I like to be my own uh, test, like hamster or whatever. Yeah, totally. So. Uh, <laughs> There was one when I was more in, in the Christian world uh, called The Crucible that I went on. Um, that's a very experiential, immersive, like 48 hours, I think, or 72 hours. That was really, really uh, encouraging for me. Very different. Yeah, so it's it's a uh, it's it's very similar to uh, the Mankind Project, I believe it is called. Yeah, which yeah. was. Uh, less it's, it's more spiritually neutral but uh, those are those are great programs for they do work for some guys other guys hate them so uh, I, I recommend it i think it's fun i've also yeah. done like virtual male men's groups i've done all sorts of stuff so uh, i'm trying to find one that's more spiritual like 
in a neutral way, but like finding your spiritual side. Yeah. I think I found one. It's called Illumin, I think is how you say it. And uh, I've wanted to go on that one, but nice. haven't done it yet. So Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend you check out John Wineland and anyone listening. I, I talk about his work all the time, but I spent nine months in his program, the Embodied Men's Leadership Training last year. And it was an, a highly intense experiential spiritual journey that gave me probably 10 to 20 years. I'll never know 20, like, of, of maturity um, in my life that I probably if had it having not been in that program would have spent the next half of my life developing the skills and the traits and the understanding of myself um, that I did in eight or nine months. And, and he does weekend retreats and he does online virtual retreats now um and then the other one is every man in addition to the mankind yeah, project man. that you mentioned yeah. um, those those are solid programs i haven't been in them but i have plenty of friends who have been in them and have experienced them yeah, yeah. something about getting in getting getting together with 10 to 50 incredible men that are focused on becoming their best like that that and that alone would do transformational things but then having leadership like every man mankind projects hopefully illumine yeah. i hope you end up doing that and, and can shed some light on that but then having the leadership amongst those men it just does incredible work yeah most of those groups are really good at creating a container or space with strict rules um and like going into that, I think it's great for men who don't have friends too. It's a great way to go and meet other men who uh, are trying to better themselves and you can like align yourself with them as well. Yeah. So, I, yeah. But. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I, I feel like we're, we're coming to a, a nice ground here with everything. Uh, this, this has been absolutely incredible. Trey, what kind it of has. questions, you know, before we leave that do you feel like you might have, or yeah. if any. First of all, Timothy, whenever you make it back to the states, would love the opportunity to get together. It was, it's been eye-opening to to chat with you. I love the work you're doing, and I highly encourage uh, people to check it out. Um, where is the best place that people can find uh, information about you, whether that's social media, website, whatever works best for you? Yeah, so the, going to the website is the best at this point. Um, the manifest.com and like even for people who've listened who like when we were talking about the question, if they had a word they wanted to share, like there's a place on the front page to submit like, Hey, this is the word I would choose. And this is why. Um, and so nice. uh, I, I encourage people to check out the website. That's like the great, the best way to find me and talk to me. Awesome. So, well, beautiful. like you, I have a question that I like to ask people. Uh, I'm, <laughs> a, uh, I'm a big reader. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. And so, I am always curious to when we're talking with people who are highly influential and highly motivating like yourself, if you had to pick one book that you would credit for being the most life-changing book you've ever read, what would that be? Yeah, so I would use um, the, the Kingdom of Heaven is Within You by Leo Tolstoy. Mm. Um, it's his only like one, one book that's non-novel and Supposedly, it's supposed to be the book that inspired Gandhi and Martin Luther King to be pacifists. Wow. Um, but it's it's a really fascinating book and took approach to thought processes. It just challenged me in a very different way. And I really appreciate when I feel mentally stretched or challenged. Um, and that, that, that was a very notable book for me on, on that level. That's amazing. Nice. I had not heard of that before. So I will certainly be checking that out. Thank you. Yeah, it's a bit dense. <laughs> That's okay. Great. That's okay. 
Yeah, those are the kinds of books that I I personally love where you 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 read a sentence and you have to spend the next like two days thinking about it before you can yeah. read the next sentence. Because that if you just, read the next sentence, yeah. you're like, what does this even mean? You really have to contemplate, or at least that's what I'm assuming you mean. You really have to contemplate yeah. it and take your time with it. It's me for sure. Yeah. Cool. Man, this, this is great. Uh, you feel good, Trey? Anything else at this point? I think that's it. Uh, Timothy, yeah. thank you again, sincerely. Uh, we truly appreciate you making the time, time for us. So um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Again, Timothy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to check out themaneffect.com. Sign up for his email list so you can get notified when he's got new workout. And also, you'll get notified when his book hits the shelves. And on top of that, there is a form on his website where you can share what your idea of a man is, what your one word is. And the more we do this podcast, the more I'm learning how dynamic of an answer that is. Um, I've never really considered that myself as the definition becomes so in flux in our day and age. And so it's something I'm considering a lot more, especially after this conversation. So again, Timothy, thank you for opening my eyes and hopefully a lot of other eyes as well. Uh, Last but not least, again, this episode is brought to you by the Mosaic Life Circle. Sign up at onemosaic.life to be notified of brand new episodes, guest announcements, contest announcements, and merch deals. And also this Tuesday, make sure you check out our Full Circle television debut on Instagram, uh, where we will dig more in depth with one of our previous guests. Again, we are at One Mosaic Life on Instagram. Our website is onemosaic.life. And last but not least, if you've enjoyed what you heard here, sharing this is the best compliment we can get. Share with a friend, share it with a colleague, a neighbor, a sibling, anybody who you think may find value from Timothy's insight and his work. Uh, You can find the link at onemosaic.life. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. We will see you again soon. Be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.